Welcome to an encouraging word from Pastor Elliot Warren from Cross Culture Church in Houston, Texas. God's just doing something so great right now, and I, I want to encourage you, this isn't the time for you just to sit back and to float along with Christianity or to float along with God. This is the time for you to press in to that new thing, to press in to a new place, to go somewhere you've not been before. You know, there's something about life um, that we're made to grow. And with, if there's a vision for growth or something beyond where we are, there's always life in that. But once there's no vision for growth, um, then, then we begin to lose our passion. We begin to lo lo lose our vision. And we can begin to put our eyes on natural things and take them off of spiritual things. So I just want to encourage you today, begin to desire the things of the Spirit, desire growth, want to see more of God than what you've seen in the past, want to know Him in a deeper way. Those desires and that stretching forward in that direction will have a lot of impact on your life and it will help you and help steer your life in the right direction toward the things of God rather than just toward natural things. So... I do see, it's just a strange season we're in right now. I mean, I see so many people that used to follow the Lord who've gotten cold and uh, aren't really as fervent for God right now. I've seen, I've seen that happen, and I've seen a lot of other people who didn't know God at all, and they're starting to get hungry for God. I, I see God moving and touching lives and bringing, him, uh, bringing people to Him in a very wonderful way. So, it's a, it's a great season. I know it's just the beginning, but there's a lot more coming. Um, so jump in. Uh, there's a big wave coming, right? I can see the wave beginning to form way out there. It's starting to happen. It's going to be huge. But you need to get on your surfboard in God, and you need to go out there to meet it, okay? So you'll be ready as, as it begins to swell. Well, last week we, we were, we've been talking about Naaman for a few weeks now. We've been talking about the miracle that happened with Naaman and um, what he received, uh, how he got it. And we've been sort of creeping up to that point. Uh, last week, we talked about the, the girl that sort of helped this thing get going. Uh, she really is the hero. And if you remember that, I won't get in, in, into it in too much depth, but she's the hero of the story. And what a great, great lesson she teaches us. And I'd encourage you, if you didn't hear last week, to to get that message and listen to it. But it talks about this brave little girl who rose up in the middle of a difficulty, probably at least as great as any of us have gone through um, in some huge setbacks. And she lived a life of faith and she rose up above uh, people that had done her wrong. She forgave them. She walked in love. She showed compassion to others. And because of that and because of her faith, um, this individual named Naaman ended up getting his miracle. You know, so uh, I would just encourage you, if you didn't hear that, go go back and listen to that um, and think through it. You know, when you when I preach, I you know, you can't put me on pause today, but later you can and you go back and get into the Word, look in the Scriptures and read the Word of God for yourself and God will give you beyond just what I share. You know, God, God will inspire you, and you need that. You need that inspiration. So many times I've preached a message, and somebody will come up and go, man, that was so great. And this point, and I'm thinking, I didn't share that point. And I realized God was emphasizing something to people that I wasn't necessarily emphasizing, and that happens all the time. Happens all the time when you tune in. You hear what I'm preaching, but God will begin to emphasize other things if you're paying attention and if you're hungry. And that's what I want to encourage you to be this morning. So God, we just thank you, Lord, for today, for speaking to us. I want you just to pull on God right now. Tell God you want to hear him and uh, ask God to speak to you. Ask God to speak to other people as you're praying this morning. And uh, just there right where you are. I hope you're not just listening to me, but you're praying right now. God, speak to me. God, let me hear from you today. Lord, here I am. I want you to speak something I need to hear today. Feed me spiritual words Feed me truth. Uh, feed me faith, words of faith. And I know that he will if you ask him. So we thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. 
One thing this girl did last week I want to mention before we move on here is uh, that I think is interesting. Um, if, you, if you read this story, which I'm not getting into it because I have a lot to share today, but she said, God will heal Naaman. She didn't say God might heal. She says, God will heal him. I know if he'll go and do this, God's going to heal him. And um, that was so contrary to what any of the Israelites would have said, first of all, because of the lack of faith to believe God would do something like that. Uh, you know, how many people would confidently be able to say that and really believe it? She did. But beyond that, this man didn't know God. She was telling a man who doesn't know God, who's not serving God, who's a heathen, God will heal you. That, that's really remarkable to me. Um, and because she said that to this man, not only did Naaman get his healing, but he ended up getting saved. If you look at the, uh, he put his faith in the God of Israel. So if you look at the progression of what happened, she tells an unsaved person, God will meet your needs. I see that she's reaching out in compassion. She wants to see him help. And she steps out and says, God's your answer. God will do it. Just go that direction. Turn there. I mean, God will do it. And because of her reaching out, her words of faith, her pointing this man toward God to get his needs met, it stirs something in him. He goes that direction. He ends up getting healed. And after he's healed, if you read the story, then he puts his faith in God. So just to make a long story short here, so many people, even in the word of God, put their faith in God after God meets the need of theirs, which is so interesting. They have faith for a miracle. This is beyond something I can explain. But sometimes because of people where they are, they'll, they'll stretch out out of their need for a miracle in some area. And God will, God will connect with that. And then, and then beyond that, God brings them to salvation. I, I could go through so many examples. You know, happened with Naaman. He believes the girl's word, but he's not saved yet. He believes he gets, then he gets his miracle. He's walking in faith. He has to obey God. He gets his miracle. He's not saved yet. And then after that, then he says, now I know this, this is the true God. After he gets his miracle, after he's already had faith. That's amazing to me. Okay, and that happens many times. The woman of oil that we studied recently. She, you know, Elijah says, hey, give. God says, give of the little handful of food you have left and you're going to die. Just give me some of that and it's going to multiply. That's an act of faith. She stepped out. She did it. An act of faith. She got her miracle. It was a long term, a long time later, which Elisha is staying in the house with her. She's taking care of him. A long time later, she, uh, she says, now I know the word in your mouth is true. I don't know what he's been telling her all those, time, those days and months that he's been there, but I can almost guarantee you it's about the God of Israel. And after all of that time, she's already had her miracle. Then she goes, now I know what you're telling me is true. That's just, it's just amazing to me. She'd already walked in faith. She'd already gotten a miracle. Anyway, I could go on and on. Happened with Jesus too. Anyway, uh, you know, you remember this guy? This, there are many instances like this, but one guy, he's just there blind. Jesus makes clay and spittle out of clay and he sticks it on this blind man's eyes. I mean, I mean, the blind man doesn't even know what's going on. I mean, and then, and then what happens? Jesus says, go over there. Wash that clay off your eyes. I mean, is that not funny? That's just a funny picture to me. And really, it's very similar to the Naaman story, isn't it? What's the pool going to do for me? What's clay going to do for me? What, I mean, you, you saw, y'all see what I'm saying? The clay, personally, it really didn't heal his eyes. The pool didn't heal his eyes. But doing what he did healed his eyes, right? And we're going to see that with Naaman in a minute. But he comes back. He's, he can see. And later, Jesus is talking to him. And Jesus goes, do you believe in the Son of Man? And the guy goes, who is he? I'm, who is he so I can believe in him? He's got a miracle. It's already happened. 
Jesus said, go wash. And it was the faith in his voice. It's the authority in his voice that triggered in that man. And he's going, okay. He goes and washes it and it works. He's responding to that faith thing that is communicable from one person to the other. And the authority of God that flows in that faith, which is also what that girl had that somehow triggered in Naaman a little bit where she goes, God will heal you. He doesn't have faith for salvation yet. He doesn't understand how big God is yet, who God is yet, but somehow faith is triggering. It's a mystery to me how God does what he does. But I just want to say, we got to get God a little bit out of the box. God doesn't sin. God doesn't condone sin. And yes, there are people that can rebel against him. And even Christians, they're not, I mean, God's not going to do a miracle there. And I believe I could go into that because they're, they're rebelling against God. You see what I'm saying? But a lot of people just don't know, right? It's just amazing to me. Faith can be stirred in somebody like this. Okay, so anyway, I want to go in today. Are we all right? All right. <laughs> I want to just talk today about something very important, which is um, how Naaman got his miracle. Now, we have seen the other side of this story where, where we're looking at... Um, not, not the Naaman side, but the little girl's side, how she caused the whole thing to start, right? But I want us to think about some things with Naaman here. And I, I guess, let me try to go through this story really quickly. Um, it's the, it's, we're in 2 Kings chapter 5, and I could say get your Bible out. Maybe I could say get your Bible app out or whatever, whatever you do. Um, and, and we'll start with just verse 1. Naaman here, he's got, he's very honorable, but he's got, He's the leper, verse 1. And um, they, they'd gone out, brought back this slave girl, right? They took a captive from, uh, from Israel and brought her in. And this girl says to her mistress, if only my master were with the prophet who's in Samaria. And this is, this is Naaman's wife. Uh, he'd heal him. He'd heal him. Oh, yes. Naaman would absolutely be healed. And we know there's more to the conversation of this because we understand later, Naaman clearly understood she was talking about God was going to heal him and he'd do it through Naaman. I mean, excuse me, through Elisha. Anyway, Naaman goes in and tells his master. Thus and thus says the girl. Thus and thus says the girl. Man, I just love that. You see, this little girl, this little servant, slave girl in his household said something. And it impacted him so much. He's telling everybody else. A lot of people think you've got to be something big to, to influence big people. This is a high up guy, and this little slave girl said something that impacted him so powerfully. Amen? You don't need to be something big. All you need to do is have faith, be full of God. You can reach people high up, reach people low down. It doesn't matter. God will put you exactly where you need to be. And we saw last week, God had this woman positioned. Now, the devil might have put her there. I don't know. But all I know is God had her there. In other words, God used her right where she was. She was exactly where she needed to be to be used of God to see a miracle happen. Amen? Amen. Anyway, so, so he goes, this, this little girl saying this, which is so funny. You go to the king, hey, this little girl saying this. Um, anyway, and the king of Israel says, well, go. I'll send a letter to the king of Israel. And uh, she departed. He departed, took money and clothing and gold with him. He comes to the king of Israel, which again, I think this is a very funny thing. He comes to the king. He sends him this letter. And pretty much the letter says, here, heal Naaman of his leprosy. And the king is going, oh, I can't believe you told me to heal him of his leprosy. This is a trick. You're trying to get me into war. This is the craziest thing ever. You know, and I, he must have just felt so strange about that. And rather than walk in faith and understand what was going on, he just reacted. Oh, you don't do things like that. We can't do things like that. He didn't send them to Elijah or Elisha. Think about that. The king should have gone, oh, you're going to the wrong place. No, he doesn't understand what's going on. But the, Elisha, the man of God, heard what, the king, that had hap what had happened and what the king had done. And he says to the king, why have you torn your clothes? What are you thinking? Why aren't you walking in faith? Why didn't you respond to him the right way? Why, why'd you send him on? Uh, you know, and that, that's what we do too many times. Somebody has a need 
I can't do anything. That's up to God. Do I can't, you know, there's no help. You just have to, you know, who am I, right? Well, a lot of times God wants us to be the hands and his feet. Isn't that true? And there are answers for people. Okay, so anyway, he says, let him come to me that he may know there's a prophet in Israel. Now, isn't that, by the way, where that woman said to go anyway? Anyway, then Naaman went with his horses and chariots to the door of Elijah's house. Okay, so he's there with all his, all his people that he's brought with him, standing at the door of his house. He's come a long way. Elisha doesn't even come out to him, doesn't even go out of his house, sends a messenger and says, Go, wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you. You'll be clean. But Naaman became furious. Furious. He became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, He will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not that uh, Abana and the far, far, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash and be clean there? If, 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 water was, if washing in water was going to make me clean, there's better water over there. Do you see what he's saying? He's thinking Elisha or Elisha's God was just giving him a natural remedy how he's going to be clean. So he turned and went away in a rage. And the servants came and spoke to him and said, Man, look, this is another person. You look, at, look at this. It's so neat. Here's the second time he's had somebody alongside of him keep him from going into the ditch, right? Um, so the, the girl helped him go in the right direction. Then Elisha calls him in the right direction. And here we are. This servant goes, Listen. If he told you to do something so hard, you'd have done it. You thought if you could earn it, you'd have earned it. That'd make sense to you. But he just tells you to go wash seven times and you won't do that? So anyway, he listened and he goes down, dips seven times in the Jordan and his flesh was restored. After that seventh time, he comes up, boom, he's restored. And he returned to the man of God and all his aides and came and stood before him and said, Indeed, now I know there's no God. Look at there, isn't that, isn't that true? Look, after all, he's got his miracle. He's received from the Lord. Even though it wasn't easy, he stepped out in faith. Even though he wanted to give up, he stepped out in faith and got his miracle. After that, now I know there's no God in all the earth except in Israel. Wow, what a powerful story, amen? Amen. So, I want to just mention a few things here about the keys to getting a miracle. Keys to your miracle. Do you need a miracle? Do you need a breakthrough? You got to really want it. That's the first keys. You've got to really want your miracle. So many people just think, God, you know, miracles are just happening. Now, through sowing and reaping, things are going to happen. You give, you receive. You, even the Bible talks about that, even with finances, right? And Jesus said that all the time. In fact, he says, if you want this to happen, do this. Sometimes that's walking in faith, just doing what God says, sowing and reaping. You, you, you know, you can sow things with your words. You can sow good deeds. You can sow encouragement. You can sow so many things, right? Um, could somebody please help them? So um, anyway, I just want to encourage you in that. You got to really want it, okay? Now, this man was desperate, desperate for a move of God in his life. He was desperate for a miracle. Um, I fully believe had he not been desperate for a miracle, he would not have received his miracle. Amen. You see what I'm saying? If he hadn't really been desperate for that miracle, he wouldn't have listened to this girl. He'd have put her off. But because he was desperate and he really wanted something, when the word of God came, he was attentive, he was listening, and he wanted it, okay? But you need to be desperate, or you need to really want a miracle if you're going to get a miracle. Like I've said, God does things for us all the time, but sometimes you need like an amazing 
supernatural breakthrough like Naaman needed that day. And what you have to have is you've got to have a desperation for it. And another thing that I'll mention here is he had already exhausted all of his efforts. There's no way he's going to get it here. So he's looking, something's got to happen beyond this world for me to get my miracle. Amen? Amen. If you're looking for man to give you your miracle, I'm not saying God can, can't use that, but something happens when you just run out of other options and you put your eyes on God alone. There's a focus that comes into place that is wonderful and good and amazing that God wants to know. What do you want? There's a story that I think is so interesting, and it's sort of strange until you think about it, but it's in the New Testament. And this is a man named Bartimaeus, and they would call him Blind Bartimaeus. Blind Bartimaeus, maybe there were many of them, and so they just called him Blind Bartimaeus, right? Blind Bartimaeus heard Jesus is coming by. Oh, what's all the commotion about? Jesus is coming by. Jesus, yes, Jesus, that one that's been healing everybody, that one that does miracles. He starts screaming out. He doesn't see. He doesn't know how to get to Jesus. He can't walk through all the people. So he starts yelling, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Will you shut up? Everybody was telling will you be quiet? You're causing the worst commotion. Everybody's over here. What in the world? Just shut up. Be quiet. If Jesus is supposed to come over here, he'll come over here. Just wait for him. And he just goes, he won't stop. No, Jesus, have mercy on me, son of David. He's saying son of David. That means he already knows this is his Messiah. Amen? Amen. They can't get him to shut up. And he gets Jesus' attention. I just want you to pay attention to that. Jesus, in this story, all all the evidence is he would not have gone up to that man had that man not yelled, Jesus, Jesus, when everybody was telling him to be quiet. He had to want it. He had to go for it. He wanted it so bad. He was not going to let anybody stop him. You see, he wanted it. He wanted it. He wanted it. And then Jesus, Jesus goes, bring him here. So, They get the blind man there. And I think that's interesting. You just think Jesus will go over to where the blind man was. No, he makes the blind man go over where he is. And then then what happens? Jesus asks him the most strange question. Now, what is this man? He's He's blind and he's a beggar because he's blind. He's a blind beggar. He can't see. He hears people and he's he's asking for alms. This man's yelling. He can't see that he finally gets to Jesus. He'd been asking for mercy, been asking for help. And guess what Jesus says to him? What do you want? What? What do you mean, what do you want? He wants him to say it. Now, what if this man had said, this is a funny picture to me. Sounds like something that would have been in a movie, like in some of the silly movies in the 70s when I was growing up. Some of those are ungodly movies, but they had some like funny things in it. But anyway, um, you know, what if the guy, he's blind, he, you know, he, you just see that's his problem. He comes up to Jesus and Jesus goes, what do you want? And if the man had to go, I got this little hurt in my elbow. Could you, could you help me with that? He'd have remained blind. You understand what I'm saying? But his elbow would have been fixed. This is the funniest story. One time, a lady uh, knocked on my door in Durham, North Carolina. It was night. I believe it was raining that night. And she had this girl with her that she'd met or that she knew her. She was very pregnant. What I mean by very is like probably eight months pregnant, almost getting ready to have her baby. And um, the lady that brought her said, Pastor Elliot, which I was uh, like an associate pastor or I worked in in the church at the time. It's been about... 30-some years ago. But she goes, Pastor Ellie, this girl here is about to have a baby and she's pregnant and she's getting sick. And I thought, man, she can't be sick and give birth to that baby. She needs to be healthy. She said, and I knew you'd pray for her. So 
Now, let me just tell you, this girl, she walks in, and I tell, I mean, she's, something else is wrong with her. She's crippled on one side of her body. I, I can't remember what happened. It seems like she got hit by a car, but I'd re- I don't remember that part very well of why she was like she was. But one side, she'd pull it like this, and her hand was like this. She had a roll of toilet paper stuck on her fingers like that because she had to blow her nose a lot because she was sick. And she, she, so she'd take it from her other hand and blow her nose, and she was like this. So mostly, I mean, she could move a little bit, but it wasn't easy. And then, so she was like this, and then she was like that. So she'd have put her hand here, put her hand there. So I'm going, so you just want to get prayer for your cold? Yes. So I just preached, I shared probably five or seven minutes, messages about faith, and it just flowed out of me for about five, maybe 10 minutes, I don't know. And then I said, is there anything else you want? And she goes, I'd like my hand to get better. Okay, so so my wife and I and this lady started praying for her for her to get better. And when we were praying, we were praying in the spirit. We were laying hands on her. And after a while, I don't know why, I just had so much joy in me. I just sat down right against the wall in the, on the floor right there. I'm just going, man, it's just, I just feel full of joy right here. I don't even think I need to pray. I mean, let them just keep on praying. And they did for a while. And the girl goes, and the, the girl goes, um, after they stopped, she says, well, I guess I need to go now. I don't know why I did this. And I wasn't even thinking. If I'd been in a group of people, I'd have probably overthought it. And I'd have never done it, but I wasn't even thinking. And I remembered, she said she wanted her hand to get better. So I stood up and I just said, stretch your hand out. I I, I hardly was even thinking. And the girl, she does like this, gets her hand up in my hand. And right when her hand touches my hand, I feel the power of God begin to go from my elbow. And I mean, I'm talking about something like just amazing power. I felt it go from, I don't know, understand this, from my elbow right out of my hands, right into her hand. I saw her hand just form and get healed right there in front of me. And then her, her whole arm was healed and she, and she went from this and she, she goes like this. She goes like this. And then she started walking in the condominium, I mean the apartment that I was living in, and she's dragging that leg, walking and dragging that leg. And I I don't know if this was God. I'm just telling you what I thought and what I did. I'm just going, she needs to ask. She needs to ask. And I just said, is there anything else you want? Is there anything else you want? I asked her probably three times and she kept going, no, this is amazing. No, this is great. And she left that house so happy. And I just always wondered after that, God, what would have happened if she'd said, I want my leg to be healed too? Anyway, God wants you to tell him what you want. You need to tell God what you want. Sometimes we don't tell him because we have too many barriers. Oh, God would never do that. I'm not even going to say that. That's a big miracle. I need, I need a man to help me with that. I need this. No, God's bigger than that. You put your faith in God. Amen? Are you telling God really what you want? Have you put your hopes in Him to do it? And, and have you exhausted all the other efforts for like, you just got your hope in God now? I'm telling you, sometimes that makes a huge difference. Amen? Yeah. All right, so the first thing, you got to want it. Second thing, you have to hear something. You got to hear something. He was desperate. He wanted his miracle. He knew there's no other way to get it. Secondly, he heard this woman who said, God will do something for you. And it came confidently, right? Confidently. So this whole process started because this little girl spoke faith about this man's situation. The man heard it. But it wasn't just he heard it. He had to hear it here, but it has to end up. You got to hear it here. We learned that a few weeks ago, right? 
Faith comes by hearing. He's talking about hear. It's got to end up here. It might start when you're reading. might start when you're in church service. might start right here, but it's got to end up right here. Amen? See what I'm saying? So, there we are. Um, now, I just wanted to give you some reinforcement here about on that thought. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith comes by hearing. By hearing. Galatians 3, 5 says this. He who supplies the Spirit and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by hearing of faith? Now look what he is saying is happening right here. The Spirit is being supplied. What do you think it means for the Spirit is being supplied? What do y'all think that means? Uh, if we had a church service, I mean, I know we don't use this language, but if you were to have church service and you, you were to leave church service and go, man, God really supplied the Holy Spirit today, what would that mean? The power was there. The miracles were there. The Holy Spirit was there. Do y'all see what I'm saying? So he who supplies the Holy Spirit and works miracles, works miracles, supernatural things, needs being met, supernatural things happening, people connecting with God, people rising up past themselves, you see. How does that happen? By the hearing of faith. He just said that. It doesn't happen by this or that. How does the miracles happen? By the hearing of faith. That's how the Spirit comes. That's how the power comes. That's how the flow comes. That's how the miracles come. By the hearing of faith. That means somebody's speaking faith and there's an atmosphere of faith and boom, it is happening. Now, what does it mean to hear faith? Again, it's got to end up here, but it's words that are being spoken that are registering with you. God can do this. God can do a miracle. God's bigger than your problem. Yes, we believe in God. We're standing the ground with you. Don't give up. Don't start doubting God. Keep believing God. In that kind of environment, miracles happen. And listen, when he's talking to this church and he says, God is supplying the Spirit. God is doing miracles. He is not emphasizing a preacher. He's emphasizing the environment that was in that church at one time that they had lost. Everybody is doing Look what God does with you guys. There's the hearing of faith. You guys, it's always about faith, about believing God, about trusting God, about stepping out in God. But now look, you just got off and everything else and circumcision, it was what they kept talking about. The nitty-gritty stuff that God wasn't even in that. You, you see what I mean? Anyway, he's, he's like, man, look what was there. Go back to where you were. Amen. When we're not seeing miracles, when we're not seeing the supply of the Spirit, we've got to go back where we were because there was a time, and there have been times in history when there has been a mighty supplying of the Holy Ghost and a mighty supplying of miracles. Amen? God's going to do it again because we're a people that speak faith and we're rising up over our doubts. And I just keep saying because I know it's true. God's going to listen to our prayers. God's going to come through for us. And we're going to see the, an amazing supply of the Spirit even greater than what we've begun to experience already. We're going to see God pouring out because there have been a whole lot of people all over this nation praying for God to pour out the Holy Ghost. And they've been praying for years. They've been believing God for years. And the power of God is increasing. And the works of the devil are going to get brought down. Daniel began to pray. The devil resisted his prayers. Some people are like, oh, no, don't worry about it. Yes, don't worry about the devil. But you better acknowledge that he's there because the Bible emphasizes that many, many times more in the New Testament than the Old Testament. Do y'all know that? The Bible warns us and tells us and makes us aware of that more in the New Testament than the Old Testament. And they're like, oh, oh no, you don't have to talk about that because Jesus destroyed his power. 
Yes, he did. But you, that's to teach you, you got to walk in that that God has done for you. Amen? All you got to do is hang there. You're going to overcome the devil. Just keep on with God. The battle is going to break. You are going to overcome. You are going to go to the next level if you don't give up. Daniel prayed, and he prayed, and he fasted, and he prayed. He drew closer to God and closer to God. You know, you can't pay for your miracle with fasting. You can't pray for your miracle with prayer. But you've got to do whatever you've got to do to get with God, to stay close with God and be full of faith. And sometimes that's going to require a lot of praying. Sometimes it's going to require fasting. But the point's not that. The point is to be close with God. Amen? Prayer and fasting is how to get there most of the time. Getting in the Word. Anyway, so look at this. God's moving. There's an environment there. And it's not just through the preaching, but preaching is important too. And Paul also said that. Remember, we've been talking about that over the last few weeks. What did Paul say? I endeavored, I purposed, I determined to not depend on my own ability and my wisdom and my being able to convince you of things. Now, I want y'all to picture this just a minute because I believe we've done this in America. I believe the church system in America has done just what Paul decided to not do. We've, we've uh, you know, had good messages, uh, godly maybe messages, um, maybe godly things, but not the power. And so there's another place where Paul goes, hey, okay, their words, maybe their words are okay. I don't care about their words. I want to see their power. Can you believe Paul said that? He's, then he goes, because the kingdom of God doesn't consist just of words, but in power. So you see, it's not about do we have nice this or that. It's do we have the power of God with us too. The words are important. But what we really ought to look beyond is, is the power with us. Are we, are we connecting with God? Amen? That's what's important. We can have religion without God. We can have good messages without God. If y'all y'all see what I'm saying? Amen. 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 And God is going to break everything off of your life that the devil has placed there, that your patterns are placed there, that lies are placed there, that forces of hell are placed there, that has been coming to you and been over you. God is bigger than your problems. God's bigger than your sicknesses. God's bigger than the issues you're going through. And if you just put your eyes on God and trust in Him and you take that step of faith like Naaman did and said, I am going that direction because I know at the end of this tunnel there is going to be a light. God's going to lead me. He's going to direct my faith. I am going to get my breakthrough. And there is no doubt about it. You ever wonder why Jesus told people, ask and you will receive. I wish... You know, we, we don't tell people that. We say, ask, and you might, you might get it. I mean, it's like playing a game. You know, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. He wanted you to have in your mind, just like what this girl said, God will do this. A lot of people hear that, but a lot of people don't do what Naaman does. And, and they'll go, well, you see, it never worked. That girl said it, but it never worked. But we don't do what Naaman did. What did Naaman do? He began to go forward with it. He began to go forward with it, right? You just can't say, say, oh, God said he's going to do this, God said this, and you don't do a thing about it. You don't pray. You don't take steps forward. Are, are you with me? Now, I honestly do believe, and I know people, sometimes people are in such a, such a weak place. Others come, and God uses people. That's called a gift. We have certain gifts in the body to minister to eat one another. And that's a, a, a little, it's of faith, but it's a little different. We'll get into that some other day. <laughs> but my point is, don't be discouraged. That's just the devil. God will give anybody their breakthrough if they just start that walk. Amen? Just keep going forward. Now, I want to encourage you in this. Do you need a miracle? You need to get to a place where you're going to hear words of faith. You need to get into a place where you're going to have words that are going to be telling you you're going to overcome. You're going to make it. God's word is true. What, what are you doing? You're building that faith up on the inside of you. You need to pray. You need to build that up. In fact, the Bible even says you should pray in the Holy Ghost, right? Which I believe that's praying in your prayer language, we, we used to call it, right? That the Holy Ghost gives you something, you know, the Bible says that builds us up in our faith. It says that in Jude, right? Anyway, get that faith built up. It's the hearing of faith. That's the key to your receiving your miracle. If all you're hearing every day is, 
God's not going to do it. Oh, look at the troubles I have. Oh, look how bad things are. Oh, look, I haven't had my breakthrough. Oh, look at this problem. Oh, look at that problem. Oh, look at that problem. You know what? You need to just look at all those voices and say, shut up. I trust God. I believe God. I'm doing things God's way, and God is going to come through for me. It doesn't matter what a big hole I'm in today. Amen? Are y'all with me? Are you with me too? Amen. Amen. So get in a place where you're going to hear words of faith. Third thing, he stepped out. Okay? So he's desperate. He, hear word, he's, he hears this faith. It stirs something in him. He's got hope, and it's turning into faith, right? Then you need to step out. Your faith won't do you any good. What you've heard won't do you any good until you step out on your faith and start trusting God for yourself. James, what did he say? Faith without works is dead. You say you believe? Okay. Well, if you're not stepping out on it, it's not doing you any good to believe. And how many times do you say, how many times, how, you know, how many of you have a word, but you had not done anything? Or you hadn't prayed? Now, I'm not saying stepping ahead of God and doing something foolish. There's a stepping out for every one of us, and you got to step forward. And I can tell you, if you've just succumbed to negative thinking and to where you are, you've already, you've already given in to something. Anyway, you have to step out. And if you see what Naaman did, what did he do? He stepped out. The girl says something. You know, you see he made some missteps. We'll see that probably today. But he makes some missteps. But... He keeps going forward. He's got some disappointments going to come his way. But he, he keeps going forward. Now, what would have happened to this man had he just stopped? What, what would happen if he say, okay, I believe. You know what? I'm not going to go do all of that. I'm just going to pray. I'll just pray and have God do it. No, you got to go step out on your faith. You know, a lot of Christians, they just say, well, I'm just going to pray. That's how it all starts. And sometimes that's just all you need to do. You pray. But sometimes God's going to say, do this. He'll lead you to something. And he'll pull you in that direction. Sometimes the word of God will say, you want a breakthrough in this? Do that. Amen? You want a breakthrough in this? Do that. And I can tell you, Think about your problem right now. Some of you might already know. What's your problem? Have you been doing what the Bible says to get a need met in that area? Think about it. Are you, are you with me? <laughs> you do what the Word of God says. That shows your faith. All right. So um, I don't know if I'm going to get into this story very much because I don't have time. But there's a great story. And Mark, you can read this yourself about a woman who's desperate uh anyway mark 5 26 i just you read that at home if you want another side story this is ministering you today and you want a miracle look at that woman in mark 5 26 through 34 you'll see how she stepped out if she'd never stepped out she'd have never gotten her miracle and one thing i like about that story this is the woman who it says she's desperate she tried doctors she had no more hope in doctors anymore she just looked, God's her only way out. Somebody says, Jesus is healing. It says, she heard, just like Naaman, and believed. And then it says, she said to herself, she said to herself, I'll get healed. I'll get healed. He'll heal me if I just touch his garment. She, kept, she was telling herself, I'll get healed. I'll get healed if I just touch his garment. And you see, this is the process of what we need to be doing, right? And then what I love about the story is, Jesus does not even know the woman's there. She touches his garment. And Jesus goes, who did that? The disciples, who did what? Who touched me? Jesus, everybody's touched you. You're all just crowded here together. No, somebody touched me with faith. Now look, and then he looks at the woman and he goes, woman, your faith did that. Not my faith, your faith. Amen? How did her faith work? Because she stepped out. She could have sat back at home, not done one thing. When God nudged her, go touch the hem of his garment. She could have sat back home and not done a thing. 
she would have not been healed. She had faith, didn't she? But she had to step out on it and do what God was telling her to do. Is that not crazy? Now, if she had told somebody, oh, I just feel, I just, I believe if I touch his garment, I'm going to be healed. She could have told one of his disciples, and his disciples could have said something like, oh, no, we've never seen it happen that way. No, it doesn't happen that way. There are people touching his garment all day long. They don't get healed. You know, people could have talked her out of her miracle. But see, faith was telling her, step out, step out. If she just stood back and analyzed it too long and sat back going, you know, that's probably not right. You know, maybe I need to, I don't know. She'd have missed out on a miracle. Just like blind Bartimaeus, he wanted something. He pressed for it. He stepped out. This woman, she heard faith was there. She said, if I just touch his garment, what made her say that? What made her say that? Nobody's ever done that before. That's faith on the inside of her speaking to her. She didn't realize it at the time, that faith was speaking to her. Touch that garment, you'll be healed. You know what? Sometimes faith speaks to us, and we have to be careful to not quell the voice of faith and to step out on it and see what God will do. Amen? Amen? Amen. Anyway, fourth thing we see about Naaman, he persevered. He persevered. Um, he went through times of discouragement. Y'all see he went to the king of Israel to get his healing. Y'all remember that? And he didn't get it. Do you remember that? And then, and then you have another time where he didn't get it the way he thought he was going to. So I just want to say this. Sometimes we're desperate for a miracle. We've heard the word of faith. Faith is inspired on the inside of us. And we step out. And it doesn't work. At least the way we thought it was going to. Amen? Do y'all see what I'm saying? That's what happened to this man. And that teaches us something very important. Sometimes faith is a process. You getting your miracle sometimes is a process where you have to walk it out. And there are often many disappointments in that walk. Oftentimes there are things you don't understand that happen, things that will discourage you, things that will make you want to get up, give up, things that are going to make you say, this doesn't work. I did what I was supposed to do. Nothing happened. And you just want to throw in the towel and just say, I'm giving up. Naaman had that happen to him at least two times that we know of. He ended up somehow he got back on track. Amen? Now, I want to ask you this. What do you do when it looks like faith doesn't work? What do you do? Um, sometimes you need to dig your heels in deeper. To say, you know what? I'm not going to be discouraged. You know you're walking with God. That's happened with many men of God all throughout. They just know, you know what? We just need to go deeper in our faith. Sometimes you need to go to the Word and, and get re-encouraged with some promises, get some, some more promises pertaining to your situation and what you're believing for. Sometimes you need to get in the Word or get around others or in prayer and be redirected because you're not doing it the way God said or you're not doing what God said. You're doing something almost what God said. Right? Where'd God tell this man to go? Go to Elijah, Elisha. Where'd he go? He went to the king. He's got faith, but he, went, he did the wrong thing. And I tell you, that is so, there's such a story in that. I mean, I want you to think about this picture for a minute. He goes to the king. Why'd he go to the king? Well, the king is impressive. And you would think if anybody has an authority with God, from God, it's got to be the king. That Elisha, he's probably great, but I'm going to go to the top. I'm going to the king. He's going to have the most authority. He's the one everybody looks up to. So he goes to the king. And guess what? There's no miracle there, right? That just, that really just made me think when I was considering this, how many people go to find God in the wrong place? Mm -hmm. They go to the wrong place places. They go to the wrong churches. They go to the wrong people. They go to the wrong books and they don't find God there. You know, it's, it, it's so sad. And in, in America, we've got this mindset 
of like, go to the king, go to the impressive, go to the big. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, if God's moving, it must be there. That's the happening place. Are y'all, do y'all understand what I'm, what I'm saying there? And I have to just say, um, God's not into celebrity Christianity. Are you, you understand what I, God's into humility. That's where the power of God is. It's in giving God glory, not having glory for your name or even your organization. You see, and when you begin to want to have glory for your name, glory for your organization, glory for, and, and then you want to be the hip place. You want an image. You begin to lose something else that's more important. It might impress a lot of people but you're not going to help them very much. Are y'all, y'all see what I'm saying? And I believe that's what we've done in, in America. You know, we've exchanged the power of God for what's hip and uh, cool messages. You know, you can go, you know, just because you go to a church with like the most amazing musicians, ones that can sing and make you have goosebumps. That doesn't mean you're going to get your breakthrough. Amen. This, this word, I, I believe, is so clearly for the church for today. God's, Jesus spoke to the, this church in Sardis, and he says, you've got a name, you're alive. Everybody thinks it. They're all impressed with what's going on there. Oh, there's so much excitement about this and that. You've got a name, you're alive, but I know you're not. I know better. Well, what a, what a powerful word. And what's he really, what's he really saying there? No lives are getting transformed. You see, nobody's getting their devil cast out. Torments aren't being addressed. People aren't growing in God. People aren't drawing close to the Lord. There's not a hunger for God, you see. And sometimes people will go there all excited, but not get their need met. And they go home maybe a year later, three years later, and they still have their leprosy, which is like death working in them. You see, I just want to, I wanted to say that because I'm going, wow, what a picture. He goes to the wrong place. And how many, how many do that today? Okay, so finally we see something here. Uh, He finally does what God does. And I, you have to go back to the lesson. I read it. I don't have time to reread it. But he goes back and he does what um, he does what he goes to the right place. And then he goes. So he goes to Elisha. And then Elisha doesn't do it the way he thought. Elisha, he thought he's going to wave his hand. You know, that's so funny. It reminds me of a certain ministry, you know. But he thought it's going to happen like this. And Elisha does not even come outside. Go tell him if he wants his miracle to go do this. And you know how many times people are offended? Somebody doesn't go pray for them. Somebody doesn't go do this for them. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, they want somebody else to bring their miracle. You know, he says, you go, wash, you go wash seven times in the Jordan. And it offends him. Now, this is such an interesting thing, too. You know, many times when you're believing God for a miracle, you're asking and praying, either through the word or through prayer, God will say, go do that. Go do this. You say, no, we don't have to do that. Okay. No, God doesn't have to do it that way. Okay. But all I know is if, if God says do that, if the word says do that, you better do it. Because I would just say, if you're seeking God for a miracle and then boom, something's really telling you, you better do this. You better do it because that's how you're going to get your miracle. Go wash in the Jordan. Hey, I'm believing God. Just, just wave your hand. Go wash in the Jordan seven times. That doesn't make any sense. Man, he gets offended. And somebody has said this, and it's so true. God will offend your mind, and he will offend your will to be able to discover what is in your heart. That is so true. You know God's going to do things oftentimes the very way you don't want him to do it. Because it's going to come against your will, come against the way you want him to do it. God, do it this way, and then I'll do it. God, do it that way, and then I'll do it. God's like, no, 
You won't get your breakthrough if it happens this way. You do it that way, the way you don't want to do it, because you're going to have to face something doing it that way, and you're going to get a bigger blessing. Amen? Are y'all with me? Praise God. And why does he have to go wash in the Jordan? You know the Jordan were dirty waters. You ever wonder? You were asking me last week, why do you think he had to go wash in that water? I think there's probably a lot of different reasons. You know, you can probably get a prophetic significance out of the seven, you know, out of the Jordan and other things that happened in the Jordan and whatnot. But just at a very simple, how does it relate to name and level? I believe that when he did that seven times in the Jordan, two things are in play here. Number one, he realizes it's not those waters that healed him. Maybe if he'd gone to the waters of Damascus or wherever, he'd go, man, there's something in that water. And he'd have everybody washing in that water. Right? Because he's going, the waters are better. If that's what will heal me, you know. But no, first of all, he's washing in a place. He knows that water's not going to heal him. So when he gets up the seventh time out of the water, he looks at himself and he's healed. He's blown away. He realizes that it's not the water. And then he realizes what his attitude has been. Oh, man, I've been so prideful. I've been so big. I, he sees that and he goes, it's because if I had not humbled myself and done what he said and followed and obeyed, this would not have happened. And I was so stubborn and didn't want to do it. He meets God the way it happened. His attitude gets slapped in the face and he's like, oh, I can't not believe what I was thinking, how I was acting, how I was speaking about what God wanted me to do. God, I'm sorry. He meets God. Now let me just say, if Elisha had waved his hand and he'd gotten his miracle that way, you know what? I don't think Naaman would have ever come to salvation. He'd say, oh, that God there, you know, that God in Israel, that's what he did. But because of the way this happened, you see, and, and I, I would just share this, God's in the more than just your natural life. He's very interested in that. If you see Jesus' ministry, he wants to give you breakthroughs, but he's beyond that. Amen? God wants to give you greater breakthroughs. So anyway, here we are with a nutshell. I'll just put it. He's desperate. He really wants this miracle. What do you want? What do you want? Have you turned your focus just on God? Have you heard something that makes you have faith that God's your answer? That's the next thing. You got to have hearing. You got to hear your faith needs to be ignited for your miracle. Third thing, you got to step out on your faith. You can't just sit back. And what's going to happen? You'll start looking to other things again. You've got to step out. You've got to start moving forward with whatever the next step is for you and your miracle. Whatever God's leading you to do, you've got to start believing God. And it needs to be a work of prayer every day. You've got to stay and you've got to keep looking because sometimes the, the next thing is perseverance. Sometimes you're going to have disappointment. Sometimes it's not going to work the way you thought. You're going to start believing God for a miracle and things are going to get worse. That's where you have to go, oh, no, I'm still believing. God can still turn my boat. Where you know, he, God, turn the rudder. Is that what needs to happen? Go back into the Word, but don't give up. Keep persevering. Amen? And lastly, do whatever God tells you to do. Do whatever God leads you to do. I'm telling you, anytime God says do something, there's a blessing on the other side of it. Anytime. Do something, you'll always be blessed back. Amen? Amen. Well, Father, we want to thank you for today. We thank you for your word that gives us so many truths about how to live, how to enjoy life, how to get our breakthroughs. And God, we thank you. You like to give us breakthroughs. You like to give us natural breakthroughs, physical breakthroughs, material breakthroughs. But God, we thank you for even more than that, the breakthrough that comes in our soul, the breakthrough of salvation, the breakthrough of deliverance, the breakthrough of, of getting free from, from smallness, from, from various things that we might be dealing with. God, we thank you for that. And Lord, we just want to say today, our eyes are on you. And I want to encourage you, wherever you are today, turn your eyes on Jesus. I want to be like that little girl was and just say, Jesus is the answer to your problems. If you'll just look to Jesus, if you just put your eyes on him and put your hope 
Can you not sense faith stirring when I say those words? Can you not sense some kind of hope on the inside of you being stirred that yes, God will help me. I don't know how. I've tried this in the past, but maybe this is the word today to get me on track. Say, don't give up. Just keep going because maybe you've made some missteps, but if you just keep on going, you're going to end up at your Jordan. You're going to end up that, in that new experience. So God, I just pray right now for every person today. I thank you for breakthroughs. And Lord, I just pray right now for the Holy Spirit to fall. I pray for an increase of the Spirit, that power that where you said, um, you do miracles by the preaching of faith and by the word of faith and by the atmosphere of faith. I ask right now in every home for an increase of the Holy Spirit. I pray for an increase of the power of God. And for everybody that desires it, I just ask you right now, just lift up your hands to God and say, God, I desire more of this Holy Ghost right now. Lord, here I am. I'm showing you by lifting of my hands. I want more. God, I'm pulling on you right now. God, visit me. Visit my home. Visit my body and come upon me right now. And as you're praying, and God, everybody right now that's giving you that gesture and saying, God, I want more. Lord, I pray you see every heart. And God, I pray for an increase of the Holy Spirit. I pray for an increase of miracle working power. And I pray that the, the minds and the spirit of minds would begin to align with God in this hour with faith, the word of God. And God, let every person, I just declare every person is going to not only receive more of the spirit, but even of the miracles that they need in Jesus name. Amen.